so are you DTFF? And welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, apologize for the tardy start this evening. As you can tell, my laptop is having some functionality issues here. It's being a real dick, and I don't know why. Uh, so I apologize if our opening uh, intro here was not up to the DTFF standards that you're used to. So... Uh, my apologies. I'll get that fixed for next week here. I, I I know our fans expect more and the best from us, and God damn it, that's what we're going to give them. But we're back. God after damn a week right. Off. <laughs> that's very aggressive of you to come out swinging like that, but you know Absolutely. what? I'm on board. Oh, good. <laughs> so, your host, Dustin Lent here. We've got a great episode uh, tonight. We, 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 meaning my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. Hi, Jake. Waving at you. Hi, Say hi to the camera. Hi, this uh, is me. <laughs> how's it going tonight? Wonderful. Good. Pretty damn wonderful. Excellent. So we are talking tight ends, which my co-host has so aptly named Noise and Toit, which I love. Because this is the noise and toy episode of DTFF that you've been waiting for. That's right. And we know you've been waiting for the tight end episode. Uh, we've kept you in suspense for multiple weeks here, and we're finally going to talk about it. So uh, should be a good one here. Um there's been some action going on with free agency that will uh, weave into the conversation. But, um, yeah, we haven't chatted for a while. How's it going? I mean, we haven't chatted on camera for a while. No. I should say. Uh, but, no, it's 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 great. You know, we, we missed uh, a week as if that's a big deal in this time of the year. Honestly, I think it's for the better because rather than being super reactionary to all the free agent news as it was coming out, we've now had some time away. We've now had some time to digest. We can actually put rational thoughts on this stuff as opposed to our quick reactions. Who needs rational thoughts? That's... That's for amateurs. Come on. Every every once in a while, I think we can pull it off. <laughs> yeah. So um, should be a fun show. We are bringing back something we did very early on in the podcast. And then with COVID, we kind of got away from it. Uh, but we, we recently decided, you know what? We can, we can do this. There's absolutely no reason we haven't been doing it. Uh, the entire time. I think we were just all freaked out early on with COVID and not sure what was going on, that we really uh, kept our distance. And now that things are improving, we, we, we're back to beer reviews. So instead of Jake and I each having our own beer that we're going to talk about and drinking, uh, we're, we're going to do beer reviews again, where we each try the exact same beer, give our review on it, and, and and so that's where we're at. So our beer review tonight, we've got uh, a lovely beer uh, I picked up this afternoon. I'll show it to the camera here. Whoop. It is called Billy Ray Citrus. It's such a fucking good name. It is such <laughs> a good name. I can't wait to try it based on the name alone. I've literally just been cackling over this name. <laughs> and for the at-home listeners who are not watching on YouTube, shame on you, but this art on this thing it matches i mean as you would expect oh it's, it's terrific so it's terrific and i i will not lie i bought it strictly for the name when i was looking at the beers i was looking looking and i saw it early on and i'm like i'll see what else is there looking around and i'm like you know what i gotta get that one just because i love the name it was so clever so this is a hazy ipa it is with grapefruit tangerine mosaic hops and citra hops and it comes in at a very drinkable, 6.5% from our friends at Eagle Park Brewing Company in Muskego, Wisconsin. Nice local beer. Muskego. Muskego. Uh, that's that's probably in the top five of my favorite Wisconsin city names. It's got to be close, at least. Yeah. I think what? Ashwabanon and uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many good ones, I guess. Oconomowoc. Oconomowoc has to be the number one or two. So, yeah, this is up there, though. Now, I haven't tried this because I've really been saving myself for this moment <laughs> of just opening up. And I even did the smell test thing. Nice. Uh, 
and it smells like beer. So I think we're in the clear here. But mm-hmm. uh, Dustin, have you sipped on this guy yet? I did. You, I gave it a little sip and um, I actually poured it in my mug so I could actually see the beer. Um, so this is definitely Thank hazy. Uh, looks like orange juice in a cup. Uh, if you guys on, on our video here can see this. Uh, yeah, it looks like orange juice. You definitely get that that citrus grapefruit uh, orangey smell to it, the tangerine. It's that all is there. Straight up orange juice in my in my can. So I refuse to believe that this has actually been brewed. I think somebody just opened up one of those simply orange bottles and dumped it into my can. That's how orange this is. It really does. It it tastes yeah. like not quite like a screwdriver, but it's definitely right. orange juice with like a little little kick to it. Um, yeah. So you can you can you can tell there's the alcohol in it, but it doesn't necessarily taste like a beer. Like it's definitely tastes like an orange juice. It's got that orangey, citrusy flavor to it, and I like it. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, necessarily dude, this is fucking delightful. I mean, I, I can only have maybe one or two, you know, uh, just because I, me and IPAs, you know, it, it's a start. Uh, this but is barely an IPA. That's what I want to get across because that orangeness, like zero of that horseshit back of your mouth bitterness that you're worried oh, about yeah. with a, a traditional IPA. But I will say, if you could have a couple of these. You know, good on you, because they are tall boys, mm-hmm. uh, for what it's worth. And, I, again, like, this is straight up Alki OJ. I am very smitten with mm-hmm. this beer. Can I give my initial ranking of this right out the gate? Absolutely. Boom! 4.5. 4.5. I love it. Yeah, this it. is wonderful. Well, we will get this ranking out on Untapped, since we can now do a singular ranking. Uh, we'll get that out there for you guys. Uh be sure to follow us on on Untapped if, if you're so inclined to uh, see more of the beers we drink and, and what we and what we like and don't like. So that's at follow drinking us everywhere. Yeah, at underscore drinking underscore fantasy for Untapped for you folks out there. So yeah, I'm very happy with this. Yeah. Good first beer back into the beer review world. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, well done. This was all a Dustin decision here like he went to the store he got it i got the delightful text it's like the best kind of text you can ever get earlier today it was just like i dropped beer off on your patio <laughs> i wish half of the text messages i got were that exact thing <laughs> well you better get more friends because i'm not going to be texting you half the time just for that so fine i I'm know go- even even if you don't mean it even if it's not truly uh accurate i still want you just to text me that so i no. can get that moment of hope no i will no? not i will not do that to you and give you i will not be the boy that cried wolf here you're not gonna bait me no <laughs> all right never fine some, some friend <laughs> yes i'm some friend because i won't bait you <laughs> All right. Do we want to get, I know that this has now become, I think, our favorite portion of the episode, mm-hmm. uh, the beer review, but do we want to get into our second favorite part now? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for our, wait for drunk, it. Drunk, hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week, we have uh, a fresh batch to work off of here. At Drake PFSA from Twitter sent this in. So the prelude here, Dustin, he was, I wasn't. Meaning, trade partner was blitzed, but the recipient of the trade, sober as a judge, apparently here. This is a long one. So okay. strap in. Hold and on I to your butt, Dustin. And I haven't looked at this yet, so uh, I'm interested to see and hear. It's a, it's, it's a big one. And this is a screen cap. I. I'm going to have to scroll, I think, on the screen cap. That's how long this trade is. So keep this in mind, all right? At Drake PFSA was sending Tyler Lockett, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Bourne after after the free agency signing on to New England. So again, very recent. This was in the last week. Those three receivers. Then Kyler Murray. Then the 2021-208 rookie pick. And then a 2023 second round and a 2023 third round. That's what's all getting set. This is Superflex. This is Dynasty. Now, all right. Receiving. Just wait. Do that again. Yeah. Do that again. Do the full the full rundown. Yeah. Hit me again. I want to write this down. 
Okay, here, oh God, I should have just put this all in the notes, the, the actual image, but it's a lot. So, sending away Superflex Dynasty. Okay. Tyler Lockett. All right, Lockett. Juju. Juju. Kendrick Bourne, New Patriot. Kyler Murray, the 2021 Rookie 208, and a 2023 second and third round pick. Okay, so okay. he's receiving now, that. All right. That's what he's sending. That's what he is sending, the submitter. Now, on the receiving side of this, All right. it's Ben Roethlisberger. It's Tyler Boyd. It's Taysom Hill. Austin Eckler. C.D. Lamb. The 2021 302 rookie pick. And then a 2022 first rounder and a 2022 second rounder. This is a lot this is a heavy, heavy trade to be featured on a drunk trade segment. Like, this is not normal. When I send drunk trades, mm -hmm. which I have certainly been known to do, it is almost always a one-for-one. One. This is like, you know what? I want this guy, and you can either have this guy or this pick. And yeah. then I'm fun. I'll so say the that's, mental wherewithal. I say that's a lot of thinking. It. It's a lot. It's a lot. So to finish up the submission here, Drake says, again, he was, I wasn't. He mm -hmm. offered this originally. The thinking here for, for Drake mm -hmm. was Murray, Kyler Murray equals CeeDee Lamb, Taysom Hill, and Ben Roethlisberger. L Tyler Lockett and Juju is basically comparable to Boyd and Eckler. And then you're working with a lot of different picks. Mm -hmm. uh, but the receiving side, which had the 2022 future picks, and was a first and second rounder. He's a rebuilding team. Said I like that a lot more than the Kendrick Bourne and those way future second and third round picks. Mm -hmm. So he likes this trade as the recipient of the drunk trade. Now all of that categorized, Dustin. Do you have some thoughts on this one? Yeah, I. Hmm, I think I like it too, and and this is why. So. Uh, I tend to agree with with Drake that the Lockett and Juju is essentially Boyd and Eckler, um, yeah. except you're getting a running back back, which mm -hmm. is nice, um, as opposed to just giving away a, giving away a running back, you're receiving one, and what should be a very good running back for you this year. So I like that. Eckler's young. Um, Boyd is still very young. Solid wide receiver, too. Should be for a number of years. Yes, you got yeah. CeeDee Lamb, who was some people's 101 last year. Uh, so there's nothing to shake a stick. And I know not in Superflex necessarily, but uh, maybe in a standard uh, PPR league. Standard PPR? What the hell am I talking about? In a PPR league, he was a num some people's number one overall pick. So you got that going. You're getting a 22 first, which I like. The 302 is whatever. The 22 second, whatever. Taysom Hill, now that's the interesting piece here because I think you can trade him this summer in the offseason or if for some reason he actually starts at the beginning of the year or it's looking during this, oh, I lost Jake. Um, I'll keep talking though. So if Taysom Hill is the looking like he's going to be the starting quarterback or if he's going to be in camp and uh, uh, getting some some of those first-team reps or, or splitting reps in the preseason games, that's where I think you can trade Taysom Hill maybe for a first if, for the next year. I mean, if, if it's looking that way, because I don't think you'll, you'll uh, get anything for him otherwise. I mean, maybe a second, maybe. I mean, Roethlisberger is going to be a starter this year, so you're getting a starting quarterback back, which is important in Superflex. So all in all, I like the receiving side of this rather than the sending side. Now, Kendrick Bourne, eh, eh that's kind of a whatever. Uh, Kyler Murray's the real deal. That would hurt getting rid of him. Lockett, I'm kind of out on after being on him the last couple of years. I just don't think there's enough volume in that offense to sustain Lockett as a number one wide receiver with DK Metcalf there. And now with Gerald Everett showing up as well. Spoiler to later in our main part of our show. And then Juju, I love Juju. I think he's so undervalued right now. 
but he's returning to Pittsburgh where he wasn't used as he was should have been last year. And he's competing for a lot of targets with Chase, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. So all in all, I like the receiving side of this much better than what he sent away. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I agree quite as fervently about this being so dead set because I love Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. And in a super flex dynasty league, that is, to me, the by far biggest asset at play here. I think in typical super flex leagues, Kyler himself could fetch you not only multiple firsts, but multiple firsts plus an Eckler at least. You know, So just taking that out of the equation... Um, then we start to narrow some things down. I do think Tyler Boyd and Juju are basically the same player for fantasy mm-hmm. for me now. And, and, and that's not a knock to Juju. I think that's just speaking to his role as a solid wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. I think people are getting too caught up in the name with him when they're valuing him right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, just, it's fine. You could not everybody has to be a wide receiver one. You can have a wide receiver two and that's great. It's and just, it's, and it's great to have multiple wide receiver twos like real NFL wide receiver twos on your team. That's okay. Yes, absolutely. As long as they're in a good enough offense, Mm -hmm. which will be the case for this year with Ben beyond that. I don't know. Um, even short yardage stuff. I'm not saying it's going to be like super high yardage, but the amount of receptions he's going to get is going to put him in the, the Tyler Boyd tier for me. Ben doesn't do anything for me. I know that he is the starter this year. Technically, uh, I man, looking at his arm last year was so distressful because he wasn't throwing anything beyond like seven yards. True, um, they used him as a facilitator of the uh, of the running game, which was just short passes. And luckily, there's a lot of guys on that team that can catch those short passes and and go. True, so but true. don't you think possibly that he was still recovering from that? serious injury he had the year before and now that, that he's not an ankle injury the year before no it was, was it, it was the thing too it was the tommy john his elbow that's right so that's right. so now that he's a full year removed from that i mean you see it in baseball all the time and i know it's a little bit different throwing motion yeah. but it usually takes those pitchers a year like a full year to fully get recovered so maybe part of his issue last year is while he was healthy Yes, maybe he uh-huh. wasn't fully recovered and got his like full arm strength back and things like that. So uh, I, I'm, and, and you don't think he's going to be a top twenty four quarterback? Oh sure, yes, I have no bones with that at all. Okay, he will easily be a QB two level for you just based on volume alone, if nothing else. I, I don't care how efficient he is because that offense is going to throw. It's mm-hmm. going to throw so much. So, yeah, from that perspective, he's fine for, again, a year if he can hold up. Now, that shoulder injury, to your point, like, yeah, those baseball players do it, but how young are those baseball players that come back? True. Versus 38-year-old Ben now, I think, at this point. That's a fair point. Around there. Mm -hmm. That's my only concern. And Taysom doesn't do much for me either because I am Team Jameis. God damn it. Team Jameis (laughs) for this year and beyond. Let that guy take over. But I love C.D. Lamb and those, Mm -hmm. the first and second round for the 2022 picks. I mean, yeah, accumulating future picks. No matter what, it's always great. But the sooner that they are, the sooner you can turn them around mm-hmm. and either sell them high <laughs> or you can at least, you know, keep them stashed for your next year. I am a little confused because he said it was a a rebuild on Drake's side. That's why the Ben move, I think, was more confusing for me along with the Taysom. Mm-hmm. I-, I would rather have the young QB in a rebuild. So I don't know. It's close for me, but I do think just barely Drake gets the right side here. Right. And, you know, maybe we don't have all the details, but maybe, you know, he's rebuilding and he has the 101 this year. So he's going to get Trevor Lawrence or an early pick where it's going to get Justin Fields, you know, or something like that. So uh, maybe that's part of the trade here or part of his reasoning is that he feels like these younger pieces that he's inheriting or receiving plus the picks on top of it to help the rebuild is what kind of pushed him over the edge. And that could be me too, just not Mm -hmm. being high enough on Eckler. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. that's the breaking point for both of us. It's like, and for Eckler this year, I know he will be good. It's beyond that. I don't know, but maybe I'm undervaluing him Mm -hmm. quite frankly. (laughs) So that could easily be the case here. Um, But this was a good, this was a hearty drunk trade Mm -hmm. to dive into. So I, I did like that. Well, good. Well, Jake, do you want to 
say a word from our sponsor here? You know I do. This week, as always, we have Monkey Knife Fight. Head over to monkeyknifefight.com. Yes, football is over. There are so many sports happening. The NCAA championships almost on your doorstep here. So if only to get a taste of that action, head over to monkeyknifefight.com. They have amazing, amazing props uh, on every game imaginable. You do the simple thing of picking the over or the under for a specific player or group of players, and then you can win some money. If you head over there and sign up with promo code DTFF, you can have up to $50 on your first deposit matched for you. That is free money. So head over to monkeyknifefight.com, promo code DTFF. All right. Thank you, Jake. So we are, as we said early on, going to make it noise and toit here. Uh, talk some tight ends. Everybody's right. favorite position, let's be honest, because uh, mm-hmm. there, there's so much to talk about outside of the top three. So uh, that, <laughs> hey, that's... <laughs> hey. There are tears. <laughs> I mean, these kind of like face tears, yes. not like, you know, ranking tears. Yeah. So uh, as we're as we're going through our our players here, we'll we'll talk about the free agent signings and how we think that's going to impact for next year. But quickly, I'll go through the top 12 that was last year's tight ends. So we had Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Logan Thomas, number three. Woo! Big Bob Tanya, number four. I love to see that. TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, my boy Mike Gusecki, Jake's favorite tight end, Rob Gronkowski coming in, tied for number eight with Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, Dalton Schultz, and then Hunter Henry rounding out the top 12. So just looking at the top 12 from last year, Jake, what are some of the big surprises in there for you? Well, if we are looking purely from a surprise standpoint, there's two names, and you kind of highlighted them as you're going through, but Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon. I was fully unaware of Robert Tunyon as a Packers fan. <laughs> I mean, not unaware of him as a player. Right. I remember that beautiful bomb that he caught in 2019 for a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers when he thought he was throwing to Mercedes Lewis. Uh, and that's it. I mean, that's all he had really done. He wasn't incorporated into the offense. Apparently, an offseason spent with George Kittle, though, mm-hmm. will turn you into a tight end superstar, uh, as we experienced here. Now, Logan Thomas is a whole other story. I feel like there's always a tight end that creeps up every single year. That is the shot in the arm, come out of nowhere, kind of finish guy. Mm-hmm. He's my Gary Barnage type. Right. If you recall, if you that is a very fair player, comp <laughs> right in 2017, whatever year that was, 2016. And Gary Barnage lit the world on fire for fantasy. He was a top five guy and he just crushed it. And then next year he disappeared. I don't know necessarily that Logan's going to disappear next year, but it's certainly surprising to see him up in the top three. Now, of course, this is overall this is not points per game. We do have to mention George Kittle was injured for half the season. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Kittle was going to be occupying that spot in the top three. Obviously. Um, But between Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon, I feel like this is the question that's going to be staring people in the face come draft season in 2021, where you waited on the top tier guys. And Mm -hmm. now here's this next tier. And you're going to have to choose between these two. And both of them have very similar prospects for next year to me so i'd be curious to see for you because they are my giant surprises outside of gronk which i'm not going to discuss anymore (laughs) because i hate him so much uh but outside of gronk it's like those are the big surprises so for you between the two of them i guess one who are you most surprised by and then two who are you most inclined to want next year well, I'm most surprised by Logan Thomas, just with the QB carousel they had there. And, uh, you know, you, you just didn't hear anything about him really going into the season. Uh, but now I don't I don't think he's going to finish top five this next year. I really don't. Um, obviously, we'll see Kittle get back up in there. Um, and I just think that offense is going to change now with the magic man at the helm. There's a new magic. There's a new magic man. It's not Don McCall. No, it definitely not. Uh, but, 
you know, I know Mike Gusecki had a good season, but again, they, you know, Miami was flip-flopping to, between Fitzpatrick and Tua. So I don't know that, you know, that, that, that he is, as in Fitzpatrick, really targets the tight ends as much as I'd like to see. I think it's wheels up, obviously, for Terry McLaurin there and the other wide receivers. So that's why I've got Logan Thomas not repeating as high as he did. Could he still be top 12? Yeah. I mean, we, we know outside the top three or four that the next 15 tight ends are grouped fairly close together for the most part. So top 12 I can see, but top three, no. Bob, though, Mr. Tons of Funyuns. Yeah. I could I could see him finishing in the top five again next year, uh, especially since we saw Green Bay not do much in free agency as far as the wide receivers go. Again, I know we still have the draft, but even trying to get a rookie acclimated to that offense, I just don't necessarily see that happening very quickly. So I could mm-hmm. see him finishing where he did again this next year. Yeah, that it makes sense. The only thing that concerns me with Bob is that super high touchdown number. When you have double-digit touchdowns mm-hmm. as a tight end, it's like, well, yeah, obviously you're going to finish highly because you scored a crap ton of points, real-life points, and it's always hard to project that year over year. But like you said, the free agency period was dead for Green Bay. Outside of re-signing one of their own Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. uh, there is nothing to be done. So maybe A.J. Dillon gets more incorporated and snatches a few touchdowns from him, and then that's your worst-case scenario. He's still going to be a top-ten guy. Yeah, Logan Thomas, I agree with, because Fitzpatrick, man, I mm-hmm. mean, he loves his wide receivers. Yes. He loves slinging it so much. And even if he's not the starter for all 16, you know, he's going to be starting for half the season guaranteed. Uh, it feels mm-hmm. like to me anyway. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't – I would rather have Bob over him too for next year. And at this point, we're now getting into that spot where their – both of their ADPs are going to be so high, mm-hmm. I probably won't have either. Correct. Same. Yeah. So what about Darren Waller here? He finished number two this year. He was number three, I believe, last season. Um I'll be honest, I did not expect it. I thought he was going to regress this season, uh, but he, he proved me wrong. So the reason I bring this up is everybody knows Travis Kelsey, positional advantage. He averaged 20.9 points per game. Darren Waller was not that far behind when you look at the rest of the tight ends points per game. He was at 17.4. The next closest, and I'm not including George Kittle because he only played eight games, was... 12.2 points per game for Mark Andrews. So an additional five points, almost a full touchdown a game more. Is Darren Waller worth taking in that same tier as Kelsey and Kittle? Yeah, for sure. He is my tight end three. I have Kittle firmly above him uh, with Kelsey. I know I know that is a dividing line right now, it seems mm-hmm. like. is Do you take Kittle or do you take Waller? Which is a very fair argument mm-hmm. to be made. I am leaning on the side of Kittle still, even though there's more weapons there. Um, I I do feel like there has to be some Foster Moreau action, who is the second tight end on the Raiders team this year. Now, I've loved him forever uh, since he came out. His measurables are so enticing. Uh, and old man Witten, who was there last year, Jason Witten with the Raiders last year, mm-hmm. he, he was decoy at best. He was blocker. You know, that's what he was. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's a few a few touches to be stolen <laughs> from Darren Waller, but there's no chance I'd take him outside of my top three. And yeah, I was an idiot too. Uh, I really thought he would regress hard this year, Darren mm-hmm. Waller, and and he proved that's not the case. Quarterback situation is pretty in flux with the Raiders, um, but it is with San Francisco too. So we don't know who's throwing these these guys the ball. Uh, Kansas City, we know it's locked in. Pat Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. But the other quarterback to tight end connections could be any number of combinations. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to track. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like Carr is probably pretty safe there for this year yet. Um, so that connection should be good for for at least this year. Like you said, moving forward, I don't know. Um, although, you know, I tried to. I quit trying to figure out what the hell the Raiders are going to do at any given time because it's just, it's just, it's baddie. They're like the one team you never know what's going to happen. So they they could hold on to Carr because he's a serviceable quarterback and he seems to have a good rapport with his 
wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, I don't know. So that, that's there's more still a dark horse to take a rookie quarterback in this draft. There though. is. I'm very keen to see what happens on draft mm-hmm. day for the Raiders personally, because uh, uh, there has been talks that Mariota is already going to come back uh, as the backup quarterback on a very cheap deal. That was not set in stone. It looked like he was going to test free agency. Now they kind of got him work back in. Mm-hmm. That could mean that. One of two things, either one, we liked what we had last year and we're keeping it, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, well, now we have a competent backup if we bring in a rookie. So, I don't know. Right. So weird to re- You can't read the Raiders tea leaves. No, unfortunately not. So, like I said, for Waller for this year, I'm definitely all in on him again. Uh, we'll have to revisit again next offseason on what we think moving forward. Obviously, that's what we're here for. <laughs> We don't just do this once. We no. have to do this every year. Every year, yes. We have to ah. talk tight ends. I know. We'll do it. <laughs> this is our tepid <laughs> promise to you. We'll it is. Can I say the only other close to surprise for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't really, but it was Dalton Schultz getting up here. Because if you recall, in the offseason prior, I was a big Blake Jarwin fan. As was I. Uh, coming in and obviously Jarwin got hurt immediately and then Dalton Schultz stepped in but I was surprised because with Dak Prescott Mm -hmm. getting hurt five games in that and I didn't look at the splits shame on me before this of with and without Dak Prescott I would have assumed though that entire offense basically took a dump once Dak was out um, aside from your PPR points for uh, you know for your short end guys and Mm -hmm. maybe that's where he thrived Dalton Schultz do we think? Do we dare even discuss a Dalton Schultz versus Schultz versus Blake Jarwin thing at this point, or we no. just wait it out? No, I think it's Blake Jarwin. You do? Okay. I do. So I, I thought maybe Schultz showed enough. We're like, oh, we'll keep him up the top of the mix. No, no? unless for some reason uh, Dallas gets crazy and decides to draft Kyle Pitts in the first round with their early pick this year, uh, which Ooh. I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. uh, then I would be off Blake Jarwin. But assuming they don't bring in one of the high end tight ends in this class, because this is a very deep class for tight end, and we all know Kyle Pitts is like above and beyond every other tight end in this class. So assuming that doesn't happen, I I think Blake Jarwin will take over the majority of that role there, kind of what they were planning this last season. Dalton Schultz will definitely be sprinkled in probably more than he would have been originally, just because he did show out so well this year. But yeah, I think Blake would still be the the 1A in that that, uh, position group. That's fair. Also, I've never heard the Kyle Pitts to Dallas possibility even before. And now I'm just, I'm terrified, but also I'd be, I'd be so excited for Dak Prescott. What if they somehow got Kyle Pitts? Holy hell. So you don't think Jerry wouldn't pull that trigger after drafting CD lamb last year in the first round? He could, he very well could. Jerry's a wild card. We talk about it all the time. I don't know what to ever think with him. I was surprised he ended up giving Dak a contract Mm because I thought there was a chance in his old crazy brain (laughs) that he would just let him walk uh, because you don't know with Jerry. Mm -hmm. Jerry typically does pay his players ultimately. Uh, But yeah, he could do it. He could draft pits. It's Mm -hmm. possible. Yeah, so... Speaking of rookie tight ends, and really Kyle Pitts is the only one we have to talk about because I don't think any of the other ones will be super fantasy relevant out of the gate. There's sure. a lot of chatter of him being automatically in the top 12 for tight ends. Do you see this happening? I say fine. Sure. A rookie <laughs> tight end could step in and do it because, yeah, we always talk about how rookies take a long time, especially at tight ends to adapt, but it is such a shit show at this position that getting into the top 12 you can just kind of luck into it sometimes. So mm-hmm. if he goes to the right spot, sure. I would say, and like we've talked about before, the top 12, you know, you get outside the top three or four, it's not that hard to get in the top 12 for the most part at that point. You just have to have a decent amount of volume, catch a handful of touchdowns. And don't and, get hurt. And don't get hurt. Yeah, that's basically it. So I, I think he could. I'm, I'm going to temper my expectations until we see where he lands in the draft on what team. Uh, mm-hmm. But to, to project him there right now, just I just can't do it. 
just because it's a tight end. I mean, like, I mean, we're not big enough rookie evaluators to even be like knowing for sure what we're looking at here. Or I should speak for myself only, but I sure as fuck am not. (laughs) Like, I can't tell just from his tape where he's going to end up and how well he's going to do. Well, basically, he's been comped, at least for size and speed purposes, to Darren Waller. Basically, a, a large wide receiver that's converted to tight end. Um, so he's tall. I think he's like 6'5 or 6'6, six, six, you know, like 240 pounds and runs in the four high four fours, like four or five. And basically, like I said, basically, like when Darren Waller uh, hit the combine, that's basically like mm-hmm. what they're what they're comparing him to. So could he do it? Yeah, he could. But even, you know, a couple years ago when we had the great tight end class with TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant, mm-hmm. we didn't see them hit the top 12. I mean, they struggled their rookie seasons a little They're bit. Close. They were close, but they still mm-hmm. didn't make it. So that's what gives me a little bit of pause here. Like I said, I'm not saying he can't do it, and I'm not hating on him. I just hate on tight ends altogether and, and how productive they can be right out of the gate. <laughs> That is fair. That is fair. Can I talk about the, I know that Kyle Pitts is a sexy name among tight ends because Mm -hmm. one, it's just, it's rookie fever. Mm -hmm. Obviously we have testings going on right now. We're getting the videos of how fast these guys are, how high they can jump. It's a very exciting time uh, for the rookie evaluator sect at least. Uh, And even for us non folks out here, it's just nice to be able to see the new blood coming in and uh, doing all this, but a non-sexy name that I want to throw out there for you. Because very recently on Twitter, I put up my list at each position of who I thought the pre-draft safe picks were. Mm-hmm. Like the top person from each position that would just be a safe pick. Like you know what you're getting with them. And it's probably not exciting, but you can lock in a certain respectable level of production. And my tight end pick was number 10 on the overall list here, Hayden Hurst at Atlanta. I feel like, no, it's it's not going to be exciting. I don't think he takes a step up. I don't think he takes a single step back. I think you can lock Hayden Hurst in for a 7-10 to 10 overall finish for tight ends. Are you feeling that? Like at the back end of your draft, does that appeal to you at all? If if I'm punting the tight end position and not going after one of the, the top three, yeah, I mean, because he's, like you said, he's not going to be sexy on this list. Even compared with some of the other names outside of the top 12, I mean, you're looking at the Evan Ingrams of the world. You're looking at Dallas Goddard, Austin Hooper, Irv Smith. I, I mean, you're, you're looking at a bunch of guys that have that name appeal still, whether they're upcoming young players or they have that more established name value to them. So I think he will end up falling in the draft. I don't think people will realize how well he finished this year. I mean, top 10 moving to a new team um, when that offense wasn't overly exciting this year, uh, yeah. uh, you know, with, with everything they had going on. So, um, yeah, I think that you can't get much safer than that. I, I like that pick. Yeah, it's like you had three games from Hayden Hurst last year where you hated it mm-hmm. because he got he got you negligible points. But every tight end outside of the top three has those weeks. And to only have three, honestly, is pretty good. I mean, that's actually a great track record for tight ends. Even Gesicki, who, again, I have to acknowledge I was very far off on this last year because he did do very well. But he had a lot more bus games than that. Mm-hmm. You know, It's almost more of a 50-50 with most tight ends. It's like... If I can at least lock up a guy who's only going to bone me a couple of weeks out of the year and I don't have to play the waivers then, like, cool, I I can take that and I can handle that at the end of the draft. Yeah, I mean, if you can lock in a guy that's going to get you four to six receptions and 80 yards every week and then maybe a touchdown on top of it for those bonus points, I mean, you're just looking for double digits out of your tight end basically every single week. You can get double digit points you're sitting pretty with your tight end and it's nice you just it's one of those things you don't have to sit and worry about and like you said with Hayden Hurst his draft value is going to be depressed I feel like Mm -hmm. and and you're going to be able to get him super late in your draft yep he'll be the unsexy pick Mm -hmm. everybody's going to go after the high ceiling guys Mm -hmm. of tight ends which a lot of times don't pan out but I've been there and I understand wanting the excitement uh, but yeah, I think I would rather have him at the back end of the draft. Mm-hmm. Now, can we talk about number 12 on this list for a minute? 
yeah, let's let's get into this because then we can we can spoiler talk about uh, the free agents a little bit here and how that impacts. So, yeah, number twelve was Hunter Henry, signed with the Patriots, along with my boy Janu Smith, the dual signing of tight ends for the Patriots. So that's that's great. Um, glad they signed two very solid tight ends and then also decided to uh, spend two third round draft picks last year uh, on, on tight end as well. So uh, they are, they're just flush with tight ends now as we have not seen since Hernandez and Gronk. So what I think I, I, I really hate the move uh, for fantasy wise. Welcome back, Jake. I stupid goddamn it. We're both having issues here. Yeah. Tonight. Well, it's only appropriate with tight ends, so that's fine. Um so as I was saying, um I think the signing for the Patriots of both Janu and Hunter Henry is just awful for fantasy purposes. Probably decent for real life football. I know everybody's gonna get all fucking excited. <gasps> they have two really good tight ends. It's Gronk and you know Hernandez again and it, it that that those days are so far behind them, uh, especially with Cam Newton there. I know Cam likes his tight ends, which I mm-hmm. was really excited when they first signed Janu. I was like, oh, a big tight end that Cam can throw to. I like this. But then when they signed Hunter Henry as well, I was like, oh, this is this makes me <laughs> sad. So I think it ruins it for for fantasy purposes for both. And I don't think as. as just and I haven't really looked at trying to stat anything out yet or or rank um, players now that we've hit free agency. I might have a hard time having either of them inside the top twelve. I don't know that I will, but it's just like which do you choose? So if you, if you choose wrong, you're going to be left for dead. It mm-hmm. feels like I, at the very best they're going to alternate weeks where they're very useful for you sucks that sucks that's Mm -hmm. as you're playing a streaming position if you choose to go that way it's all about choosing which week they have the most upside for and if Mm -hmm. you can't do that between just two players on the same team you're screwed so that part sucks but i think training camp should help suss a lot of this out Mm -hmm. at least that's my hope is like we'll get the beat reports we'll see how one of them is being used maybe one of them is meant to be more blocker guy maybe one of them is meant to be more of a utility player which would be janu um Mm -hmm. based on his previous usage um now bill belichick did come out and say like no i value him as a tight end he's a great tight end but like bill you know what janu's been doing the last three years he's been a shifty kind of all-purpose guy. Well, and he, and we can't say that we never saw Gronk split out wide either. I mean, it's not like he did it all the time, but you know, he he did split out a fair amount. So to say that, yeah, I see him as a tight end. Yeah, like that's just Bilicek, uh coach speak there that he always gives. I think that's true. So, but like, uh, but it is frustrating right now. If I had to lock one in, I couldn't do it. My heart wants to say. Hunter Henry, based primarily on uh, touchdown upside, red zone usage, which mm-hmm. is just presumptive, because Janu was great in the red zone last <laughs> year too for the for the time that they used him exactly. before he fell off. So no, I don't know, but I will say this is amazing for Cam Newton. <laughs> so I'm yeah. taking this opportunity to go trade for Cam Newton right now, even if he is only a half a year starter, because yeah, those tight ends are going to be really good for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think Cam, just as an aside, will be the starter for the whole season, regardless of whatever New England does with the draft, if they decide to bring in a young guy. I mean, they're paying Cam, what, $14 million this year, I believe the signing was for? Is that with incentives and all yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, they're paying him to be the starter, not someone that's going to get replaced partway through the season. So, I, I think sure. Cam will be locked and loaded as the starter. Yeah, so they're frustrating. Mm-hmm. One other <laughs> quick aside. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, if at all. Um, it did just come out. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, who signed with the Giants, apparently they have some contention with his medicals. So no. they may or may not actually be signing Kyle Rudolph. I only bring it up because Evan Ingram, 
I know a lot of people don't even like him with or without Kyle Rudolph there, but his value would have been impacted, I assume, with, with Rudolph in the mix. What if Rudolph all of a sudden they pull that deal and it's back to just Evan Engram? Do you have any hope for Evan Engram? If that's the case, not really. I mean, we've seen the upside in the past, so he definitely has that top ten in him. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust it. I mean, he's it, it feels like more of a flash in the pan at this point than the real deal. So I, regardless of what happens there, I am off Evan Ingram. I just I don't know. And now with Galladay there uh, to to siphon away more targets, Barkley should be healthy. I mean, they're they're retooling that offense, so I don't know how heavy the tight end will necessarily be involved in the game plan moving forward. Which is fair. My thought, though, my initial thought was like, oh, Galladay, that'll take pressure off of Evan Ingram, and he won't have to fixate so much on his fucking stone hand drop situation. Maybe it'll loosen him up. Who knows? Maybe. Get back to 2019 form, at least, which was usable. He Mm -hmm. was usable in 2019. He wasn't amazing even then, but he was very usable. Mm-hmm. So really the only other tight end I really want to talk about, well, there's two as far as free agents here. Yeah. So I really like the signing by Seattle for Jailed Everett this season. Uh, Russ likes his tight ends. Uh, you know, last season I was higher on Gerald Everett than most. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm a stand for him or anything, but I thought he would be more involved in that offense than, than he was with the Rams this last year. And more so than Higby, uh, where it was pretty much a 50, 50 split for the most part. So for him to go into Seattle where we've seen Russ target his tight ends fairly consistently, Mm -hmm. I really like this. And I think it was a smart move by Everett. He only signed a one year deal. Um, so this is kind of a prove it deal for him this year. So, I, I really like this. I think he's going to be a great late round value for you because I don't think the average fantasy football player is going to know about him. Like if you're in your home league, Mm-mm. they're, they're going to be like, who's this Gerald Everett guy? You know, especially with Seattle. I don't remember him on Seattle. You know, they're going to be like, where'd this guy come from? So I think sure. he's going to have, uh, have good, good late round value. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Because, yes, the Seattle situation could be beneficial. My my worry there is, like, we haven't seen since the heyday with Russ and his tight end connection. We've seen a lot of topsy-turviness there. And maybe that's been due to injuries and the like. We haven't seen a guy really hit. Mm-hmm. You know, Will Disley was the big name this last year coming into drafts. And kind of the year before, actually. Mm-hmm. It was big Will Disley is going to come through and he'll be a top eight tight end at the very least. It's like, oh, nope. Whoops. They've got this other random tight end that we kind of forgot was even there. Now they're going to be featured for this game. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is Gerald Everett so much more talented than whatever random tight ends they currently have on their roster? And do you feel really, really good about it? I, you clearly do. Because I know that you, yes. like you said, you le- you were on the side of Everett when it was Everett versus Higby, mm-hmm. you went Everett with the Rams. So I'm assuming whatever tight end situation they're dealing with this year, you're just like, no, fuck it. It's Everett. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there. Yeah, I I am on Everett. And like I said, I think he's going to be a good, if you're punting tight end, he's going to be a good late round value for you. Fair. So, Fair. I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So, Jake, we have a question in the chat here from Owen. Might have discussed this earlier, but thoughts on Ertz this year? <sighs> so is, I'm assuming this is maybe a, a free agent blurb that you wanted to discuss here because it's a lack of blurb. It's blurblessness mm-hmm. for Zach Ertz right now. I don't know. I'm trying not to let recency bias get in the way right now because if we watch Zach Ertz last year, it was the dumps. This is what happens when a volume tight end hits a cliff. It's like, well, now even that volume is not enough <laughs> for you. Uh, obviously, injuries and the and the like. I say, only are, played eleven games difficult. last year, so the, and that was hampering him. It's like, man, if he can come back and be a decent version of Jason Witten, who we were talking about earlier, who is a similar type of tight end. They're not flashy, but they get the volume. 
They're a trustworthy source. If he can figure out a way to do that, great. The problem is who's throwing to him and how much are they going to trust him? He had established that rapport with Carson Wentz, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. But a new quarterback comes in, maybe you don't trust him the same way. Maybe you don't hyper-target him the same way. So I don't know. Our, I know that's a very lame answer. We just don't have enough information for me right now. I would say right now he's on my top 10. Do you feel similar? He's in your top 10? Out. Out? out. He's out of my top. Yeah. yeah, I would say he's out of the top 10 for me as well. Um, as I said, only played 11 games. I think he was probably hobbled for some of those games that he actually played as well. I mean, that offense was just a dumpster fire last year. I mean, they, they didn't have anyone healthy. You know, Wentz was terrible. I mean, there's no two ways around it. Hurts, while he looked good when he came in, I don't know if he's the long-term answer for that team. And I'm not as high on Hurts as a lot of people, I think. Um, mm. So I, I have tempered expectations. Let's put it that way. I know he's got a great running floor, but I just, I don't know. I, I feel like those last few games that we saw him or however many it was, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not totally sold like some people are on him. So that just hurts all the rest of the weapons around them, especially the pass catchers. So, and, and I love Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's, he's flashed. He showed he's can be the real deal as well. I mm-hmm. think it's just a matter of time before Ertz is probably traded. It might be like a draft day type trade at this point. And that would change maybe my whole perspective on him. But if he stays with Philadelphia, I could see him maybe in the top 24. And it'd be one of those things where maybe Goddard and Ertz. Maybe. Maybe Goddard. You and, wouldn't even put him firmly in the top 24. Well, I think it, it would be probably a fairly close split between Goddard and Ertz. So that would depress both their values. Ah, uh, now I am very keen on Dallas Goddard. That's one name we haven't brought up yet so far this show because I do. One, I do believe ultimately, like you're saying, there is a trade that's going to happen, whether, mm-hmm. it's, whether it is immediately, whether it's draft day, whether it's beyond. I I can't imagine Ertz sticking around uh, in Philadelphia. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it now, just seems like the relationship is so broken there now, too. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. And it just if, feels that way. If anybody watched that last game uh, at the end of that, where they were uh, showing Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz after the game on the sidelines, that vibe there was just like, I'm not coming back. Uh, Now, maybe that's probably reading into a little bit too much of the uh, uh, psychology aspect there. But like, can I throw out a couple of landing spots to you for Zach Ertz? If we're both on the same page Mm -hmm. that he's going to get traded. Yeah, I'm curious to see because there's a few uh, teams that I think he would make sense for at least. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious if he gets traded to these teams, would he fall into, since you're currently outside the top 24, let's say, would he fall into your top 12 on these teams? All Is right. that a fair cutoff? Sure. Okay. Or do you want to go top 10? Let's do top 12, tight end one. Okay. So does he become a tight end one if he moves... And he gets traded over to uh, the Cowboys. Let's say they're not satisfied. Uh, I know it's in inner division, so maybe that's a bunch of malarkey, but just hypothetical. If he goes to the Cowboys, do you have any sense that he's enough to overtake the guys we already talked about, Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin? Is he locked in for top 12 production? I think he could, yeah. I, I mean that. I mean, I just I, that offense with Dak there. I mean, we saw what Dalton Schultz did last year, and, and I don't know a lot of people that would say Dalton Schultz is overall better than Zach Ertz. Yes, I think that's fair. I mean, it's not a so one, it's is- not a one to one. You know, insert this guy here, and it's you know it's a one to one thing. But I think just generally, like that, Ertz is more talented than 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 Dalton Schultz. So I feel like, yes, he could be a top 12. There's our talent cutoff is with that team. (laughs) Now, opportunity based, Mm -hmm. there's a couple of teams that are very big for Mm -hmm. him right now. The Colts, Mm -hmm. the Colts are crowded with tight ends, but not really any and every one of them could be cut and it wouldn't really make a difference. Mm -hmm. So Ertz goes to Indianapolis top 12. Could be. I mean, he's got that rapport with Wentz. Right. So So, I mean, I like that coming back. Mm hmm. I think he's locked in top 10 for me if he goes to Indy. Okay. I, again, that's not saying a lot. I understand. I know. No, I position, know. 
But that the connection between quarterbacks, mm-hmm. the opportunity that's there, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I assume that would have happened like weeks ago, really right after Wentz and right. that trade happened. I was waiting for this and it never happened. So I don't know. We'll see. The other big two, they're both gross and they're both maybe teams that are not positioned to get him because they're rebuilding. But Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Jacksonville needs tight end. Top 12? Um, Probably not. It'd be close. Okay. I mean, I, I just, okay, for one, I don't know if uh, Trevor Lawrence targets his tight ends or how much he does. I'll be honest, I haven't watched, I'm not a film watcher of him. Or if, if Jacksonville even goes surprised and drafts Justin Fields. You never know. True. Very true. And then, about. you know, and then with just, the other wide receiver talent, you got James Robinson that can catch the ball. I mean, there are mouths to feed there. So I just, it would be close. I'm not saying it'd be impossible in that situation, but I, I, it, it would be close for me. Man, see, I feel like that's another locked in top 12 destination for me. I don't think that the competition that's there is so bad that it's going to take away from him. But you are right. Like, it's going to be a little bit QB dependent, I think, there. That's my my hitch mm-hmm. is the Lawrence versus, I don't know, Fields thing. And, yeah, I also don't know if Lawrence hyper-targets tight ends. We always make the assumption rookies, or at least I do, rookies favor their tight ends. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's actually true. But it's a narrative that I've it heard It is a, a narrative. Lot. Absolutely. Okay. One other last spot here. The New York Jets. Chris Herndon isn't cutting it. He hasn't been a thing uh, ever really uh, 2019 we got glimpses but let's say they move on and they're like nope we need a veteran presence here on the new york jets and let's say that they stick with sam darnold as you might have heard Corey davis was recently mm-hmm. interviewed and he said i'm going into this situation assuming that sam darnold is my quarterback so nice. take that for what it's worth but so you don't think the signing of tyler croft as a veteran tight end is good for the jets you think Tyler Croft is a dividing line for touchdowns? Uh, you're just saying there's no one there. I mean, I'm just making the point that they have someone else there. Okay, yes. Technically, there's a veteran presence there. I think technically all teams have a veteran presence at tight end at this point. Uh, no, Tyler Croft has not moved the needle for me. Mm-hmm. And again, if they do move on, you know, Chris Herndon. Nah. No, I, I'm I, holding out for Hernan, but you know. Yeah, at that point, no, I, I don't think he would be top twelve. Uh, just because the Jets are still just rebuilding. I mean, could surprise us mm-hmm. and they could take a big step forward, but eh, not not out of year one in that offense. That's fair. I feel like anywhere that Ertz goes, yeah, he has a chance. Mm-hmm. He has a chance. It's just I'm worried that we've hit a cliff with him. And it, and it could get ugly. He could be more useful for real-life football than for mm-hmm. fantasy football at this time. And we have to be willing to acknowledge that. How about uh, from the chat here, the Bengals? Ooh, Bengals is uh, interesting because CJ Uzama, if you're calling those first couple of games, well, game and a half, I guess, before he got injured, mm-hmm. he was like the tight end three or something. It he was, was looking good. He was looking good. He looked great, and it's not that they didn't have weapons there. Mm-hmm. They have Tyler Boyd. They had T. Higgins, admittedly a rookie, so still learning the ropes. And A.J. Green. AJ Green. <laughs> Joe Mixon was healthy, though, mm-hmm. uh, if you believe in Joe Mixon. So mm-hmm. they had opportunities. Could have been just Joe Burrell's preference there. Right. And then they don't have anybody, really. Drew Sample is the next guy up yeah. uh, at, at tight end. He was a, he was a round three pick a year ago, but doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, if he was... goes to the Bengals, oh, again, a lot of a lot of weapons there. A lot of boy, yeah, I think he's borderline top ten. It'd be borderline no, you know for what? me. I think he'd be a top eight if he goes to wow. Cincinnati for some reason. I think he'd be a top eight again. That shouldn't shock the world because anybody can be a top eight. I... But a little bit more confidence. If if he does sign with the Bengals, can we yeah. get a beer bet on that? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in, in, Why in the, not? In, in the event, if, if for some reason he ends up on the Bengals, I, I yeah. want to lock that in right now as top eight tight end. Can we just say <laughs> wherever he signs, we should just make a Zach Ertz beer bet based off of the fact that we haven't made very many beer bets already. And why not do something with a, a potentially wasted tight end? Very true. I like that. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm down. If he signs, if if he signs with the Bengals, 
You heard it here first. Let's just lock in the bet as top eight for me, not top eight for you. <laughs> Anywhere right. else, we'll discuss it later. Okay. That? That's fair. I like that. Ooh, that's fun. Look at us. <laughs> thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I thanks for, for that. Coming in off the top rope. That's right. We love it. Thank you for that. Um, well, we've we've hit an hour here. Not that we're on any sort of tight time schedule, but sure. we are talking tight ends here. Is there anything else that you do want to bring up here for tight ends before we sign off for the evening? I, look, <laughs> it's an unexciting position typically but the off season is when it's at its most exciting because it's nothing but possibilities for these players at this point so mm-hmm. dustin based on that i am curious because there's some really hyped guys right now and i would just love to know your opinion or your ranking on that hype mm-hmm. currently uh, to see where you might fall so if i throw an either or at you Okay. Can we just do like a rapid round of that? Because I'm really curious to gauge your your interest. Sure. Let's do okay. it. So the guys that we kind of talked about, the Iowa tight ends, who ranked five and eight respectively, TJ Hawkinson versus Noah Fant, who would you rather have for the next year? Um, give me Hawkinson. Hawkinson. So yep. just offense, Jared Goff. That kind of thing. Yeah, I like um, there's not really a lot there as far as wide receivers go. And Goff does like to throw to tight ends or he likes the more shorter routes. Let's put it that way. Uh, and and with Denver, I mean, they have so many weapons on that offense that I think that eats into fans' upside. So that's why I go Hawkinson overall. Interesting. Yeah, return to Cortland Sutton is mm-hmm. definitely something to watch for Denver and see how that adjusts the target share. I want to go old guys now. All right. If you're comfortable going very old. Jared Cook. We didn't talk about Jared Cook mm-hmm. uh, in this episode and, and maybe for good reason. But he did sign. I mean, yeah. he is going to be a, a potentially fantasy relevant guy mm-hmm. we, we we talked about uh the exodus of some players there but the chargers bring in jared cook mm-hmm. so he's currently really the only high profile option that's there you don't think so got, is a thing uh, i don't <laughs> know man undrafted right. xfl not cast off that's not fair because the xfl went under but uh, they wouldn't have brought in somebody like no, Jared I Cook. agree. I don't think. I, I agree. So, so other other old guy. situation for Jared Cook versus, and I say old in quotes for this next guy, but Eric Ebron, who's been around the block quite a few times, but he's currently stationed in Pittsburgh. So Ebron versus Cook for this year. Oh, that's that's gross and it's not great. Tough. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I I'm. I'll probably lean Cook. Only because the offense is more high powered, I feel like, than than what Pittsburgh is. Okay. Really? Yeah. And I know you everybody think thinks more high powered. And I I know everybody says Mike Williams is is a thing. Um, uh-huh. He's not a he's he's a quality real NFL player. He's not that fantasy player that everyone hopes for. So okay. I just don't. He has to throw it somewhere else. So I, I feel like Cook. Probably has more touchdown upside. Let's put it that way. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, now, a couple of young guys. Let's go the opposite end of the spectrum. Okay. Here's some, here's some hype versus leftover hype from last year. So the hype is Irv Smith. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph left the Vikings. Irv Smith stands alone atop of that roster. Versus old hype from last year, guy who I was smitten with then and has not had any meaningful free agency impact right now, Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills. So Irv versus Dawson, who are you taking next year? Ooh, um, my heart says Dawson Knox. I love <laughs> your heart. <laughs> I want Dawson Knox so badly. I, I, I was trying to look here on our, our sheet, show sheet of uh, where Dawson Knox actually finished up, but he's not in the top 36 that I can see. So that's not a good sign where Irv Smith did finish 22 overall. But I feel like Knox started getting more involved when he was healthy at the end of the season. So I I feel like that momentum could carry on where in Minnesota, uh, you got Justin Jefferson, you got Adam Thielen, you've got Delvin Cook. I mean, Irv Smith is probably 
at best the third option on the team at yeah. best probably the fourth option on the team so that just doesn't bode well that's fair that's fair yeah i think uh oh, i'm very close on that one that's actually the thinnest line for me of all that we've talked about mm-hmm. i really want Dawson Knox to be a thing i am going out and acquiring him based on the lack of free agency moves they could still be somebody who drafts a tight end fairly high and mm-hmm. who knows but like, you know, I agree. He came on good at the end of the year. I'm willing to to invest year three, you know, on, on that kind of tight end. More than Irv. Irv has too much hype for me still. Yeah. I feel like I won't get him at a reasonable price. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we didn't, I know we mentioned George Kittle, but like, he's just good, right? Oh, yeah. Top three. He's top, guaranteed. Top two. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I mean, assuming, assuming he stays healthy. I mean, that's kind of been his thing. He's always kind of dinged up sure. and, and battling one injury or another. Granted, this he's last not. year he's uh, was the year he missed a lot of time, where typically he doesn't miss miss a lot of time previously. But uh, other than that, yeah, he's locked and loaded. He's going to be the number one option on that team. Uh, I would draft him second round easy in a draft. Redraft, yeah. I'm saying. Fair. Now's a good time to remind folks of our beer bet between Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, for this year. Since we're on that offense and we were just talking about how we didn't do many beer bets yet, we do have that one locked in the books. So we do. That's good. Go back and listen to a few episodes ago. Otherwise, we'll post these out, I'm sure, closer to the season start. Absolutely. Beer bets are. Absolutely. All right. Well, I feel like we, we covered the tight ends very well. And then some. We were all over them tight ends. I'll be honest. It, this this went way longer than I expected it to do. <laughs> talking about tight ends. Uh, that's going to be a 20-minute podcast? I, I Well, yeah. And 18 of those minutes would have been uh, our beer review and drunk trade. So, <laughs> <laughs> You, come on. There's a lot uh, no. of uh, there's no. a lot of gold to be found. You just really there is. have to dig. There is. I, you know what? The tight ends, I just love to bag on. It's it's kind of like a hobby for me at this point. It's tradition. <laughs> it is. It is. But no, tight end's very important for your team and where you can find good value late. So don't just say, oh, it's a tight end. Like, like I mean, take what we're saying to heart here, looking after those late round values, because that's really where it can make a difference on your team. Agreed. Lesson for all of this, again, we reiterate, do not take a tight end in the middle rounds at this point wait until the last last rounds take one of those guys that you've looked at and you've analyzed and you've compared do that research but take them at the back end of the draft absolutely sorry i am i am responding to our our, our chat people here so you're such a good host dustin i will say just to close up uh I put a, a fine uh, end onto this tight end discussion we do not hate tight ends here. No, that we do not. That is not what we're saying. However, we have to acknowledge that they are our least favorite position to discuss for fantasy football. Uh, but we do our best. We do our homework. And hopefully that little bit that we we get out of this will help mm-hmm. you win your league. That's right. So before we sign off, Jake, why don't you tell people where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.